Hey there and welcome. You are listening to the Parkview Global Podcast. We are so excited for you to join the conversations between our Global Missions hosts and our amazing guests. Don't forget to follow our social media accounts at Parkview Global. Now, enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Parkview Global Podcast. My name is Bill Carroll and I am the Global Pastor at Parkview Christian Church right outside of Chicago. We want to invite you to follow along with us as we welcome a different one of our global partners on the podcast each month. Today we're going to welcome two really great people that I love very much, uh, Eli and Mandy Garcia. Eli and Mandy are the field directors for Vida Nueve Ministries. And Vida Nueve is a church planning organization that has started and partnered with churches in many major Mexican population centers, such as Piedras Negras, Cancun, Tepic, which is near Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco, and Puebla, which is right outside of Mexico City. And for any of our Mexican friends listening, I completely apologize for my horrible pronunciation of all those names. I learned all those names watching uh, Love Boat growing up because he stopped, you know, at Puerto Vallarta, stopped at Acapulco. So uh, I'm sure I'm doing a great disservice to all of my, all of our Mexican contingency. Um, so welcome, Eli and Mandy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, now, will you please say all those names when this, with your great accent and correct pronunciation? Yes. Where, where are your churches at? Uh, you, yeah, you weren't you weren't very far off. Uh, so Piedras Negras is is where we uh, started the first church plant uh, over thirty some years ago, and uh, we also are in Cancun, Tepic, Acapulco, and Puebla. <laughs> Much better when you say it. That's awesome. <laughs> and we are actually recording from Piedras Negras right now in this unbelievably gorgeous campus that you have built over 30 years what awesome uh, so if you hear birds chirping that's why or if you hear a buzzing sound it's because one of our interns is currently flying a drone around <laughs> taking pictures because it's it is beautiful all right so eli just tell us about yourself and your family um yeah so um my name is eli garcia or eli yeah either one is fine <laughs> uh, truly either one is fine um and i serve here with my wife mandy uh, castillo garcia who is actually her father is the person who founded the ministry uh, we have three beautiful children high energy uh, lucas uh, amada and elium and they keep keep us m- probably busier than <laughs> than the ministry does um but yeah that's love it and mandy i know we're hitting on the face <laughs> on camera <laughs> mandy just killed a uh, mosquito on eli's forehead <laughs> Uh, Mandy, I know that Vida Nueva is a part of your family's legacy. I mean, it's such a, it's just a great story. Would you kind of start at the beginning and tell us the story of Vida Nueva and how it became to what it is today, which is amazing. Sure, sure thing. My father went to Dallas Christian Seminary when he was young, and when he graduated, he, he, he was already married, and they ended up coming back to Piedras Negras, and they were attending a church, a local church here, who who commissioned them to come out to this community. This community is right at the edge of town, even though town is growing now, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot more activity in residential um, neighborhoods in our area, but back then there was nothing. The closest thing to this place was the city dump. It was only about two two blocks away, and it was just a dump where they would burn trash. It wasn't like a landfill or anything like Mm -hmm. that. They started coming over here. They would literally come out on a bike as a couple. And I think it was over a year or two when the church said, hey, nothing is going to happen in Ejido, in that community. We're going to pull out of that outreach program. And at this point, my parents 
were invested. They were invested in the community and they didn't feel it was right to walk away and mm. just just leave. People were already, they were congregating um, and more so people had some basic needs that needed to be fulfilled and um, my parents were trying to help them. And um, during that time, one of the persons who was baptized, his name was Pancho, he would swim the river wow. and go work in North Carolina. Hmm. And one time he came back and he had this dog with him, a German shepherd, and he tells my dad, hey, Jair, this is the last time I have to swim because I'm getting married and, you know, she's an American and she's going to be able to help me. And <clears throat> on that last swim, he ended up drowning. And the dog came back alone and that's how wow. they found out that something had happened. So his boss, Bobby Jackson, came all the way from North Carolina and to find out what had happened to meet the emergency contact that was my dad and he sees this community and he says you know Hayer, if if you get land I'll bring people from my church and we'll help you do something here we'll help you help the kids there was kids everywhere and so my dad says all right <laughs> <laughs> but my dad never thought he was gonna be a missionary like that was not his plans he was a he was working at a bible college he was a professor he was you know he he thought who who wants to go around asking for money and begging people to help like that's not an easy thing and so he walks over to one of our neighbors and says i want to do something for the community here but i need land and this man owned maybe a hundred acres <laughs> And he just says, you know what, if it's going to bring glory to God, and if you're in charge, you can have this plot of land. That's awesome. And speaking specifically about this land that we're on right now. And he just said it on the spot, right when my dad asked the very first time. And it was shocking. My dad says, hey, you know, maybe you should talk to your family and make sure <laughs> this is okay. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm the man of this house. <laughs> And you can have the land. And so... I would have loved to see the conversation with his wife when he got inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're the man of the house. And so they had the land. And Bobby Jackson brought the first group. And they fenced up the property. And it just kept going from there. And my dad says, I never had to ask people to come. The Americans would go back and say, hey, go help this crazy Mexican that's doing <laughs> something for these kids in, in need in Mexico. And people would just come. Wow. God just opened doors. So then the children's home was mm -hmm. the first thing to develop, right? The first thing. The children's home. The idea was to be able to offer a safe place for kids who were given up um, voluntarily by their parents. And so that's how it started. Mariela, who is one of our teachers, got here when she was six months old. Her mm. mom was 14. Wow. The mom brought her... The, the, gra the grandmother brought her because she was being raised by her grandmother. Um, Daniela was older. She was 12. She's one of our preschool teachers. And she was born to a prostitute and just being raised by somebody else. There's beautiful stories. Yeah. A family of four came. The oldest was 10 and she had never been to school. Mm. She's, now she's a nurse. You know, just great, great stories. Wow. And, 
the children's home. So then kind of fast forward, I mean, throughout your parents' years here, and then now you guys too, like, describe what Piedras Negras actually includes now within your ministry. So the ministry has focused on two things, church planning and education. Um, Through the years, you do a lot of outreach programs, but our our main vision is to break the cycle of poverty, including spiritual poverty, but also the poverty of like money and you mm-hmm. know education yeah. and we have found that christianity the gospel is absolutely key and so is education so we focus on those two things uh, so here in piedras negras we have the church and then we have this school and we serve close to 500 students from yeah. pre-k to, wow. to middle school and we teach the gospel at our school and we do devotions and we sing worship and and we also do everything else that the government wants us to do to be a school a certified (laughs) school Mm -hmm. and very exciting year for you because it looks like you go this week and (laughs) get the certification to open your high school yes praise god (laughs) long time waiting for that long time it's been it's been almost four years four years (laughs) nice four years of trying to get that permit so god's timing is perfect that's beautiful. Yeah. So, and then, Eli, walk, walk me through a little bit then with, you know, the process of how it then expanded into other cities and th- that those partnerships and mentorship, really. Yeah. So, um, after after the, the, the first uh, church plant here in, in Piedras, uh, there was a man that my father-in-law met um, in 84 or 87, I think, uh, at one of the earthquakes in Mexico uh, City. And... He invited this man to come and be a house parent for the for the children's home, and he eventually also uh, became the pastor of the church here locally. Cool. Well, this young man had a, a, a vision from God since he was like 16, 17 years old, and his vision was Tepic for Christ. Wow. That man had never been in Tepic, had <laughs> never visited that place. He knew. But this was something that God had wow. put in his heart. Um, so after after uh, several years, he shared this this dream with Hayer, my father-in-law, um, and um, my father-in-law said, "Let's do it. If this is God doing this, uh, we should obey." And so they go out, they do some recon, they send them out, um, they commission <laughs> them to go out, they rent this little uh, apartment, and they start uh, serving the community there. And now it's a it's a flourishing church. It's about 300 plus members, um, and they have a, a Bible institute there as well. Um, and then from there, it's kind of it's it's a little bit of the same story with some differences. How they went from Tepic to then Acapulco, or yeah, to then Acapulco, and then from Acapulco to Cancun. Uh, Cancun and Puebla have been more of a partnering with an existing church that um, uh, through just contacting, having conversations, um, we felt that we could partner to help further their mission there. Um, So that's kind of a little bit different, but it's it's been a great experience so far and we're we're excited to see what God has for us in these next next chapter of the of the ministry now that Mandy and I are here yeah in in Tepic a little tidbit that one of the youth from the church came out to the a Bible college and now has 
Um, they've launched another campus in Tepic. Wow, so, that's true. Yeah, it's, so it's two, two other campuses have been reproduced there at the. Oh, at I didn't know that at all. Tepic, yeah. yeah, it seems like they're posting pictures of people being baptized all the time yes. in Tepic. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's awesome. And really, it's you guys are like in the corners of Mexico. Cause, I mean, these are not yeah. close together at all. I mean, no. Puerto Vallarta, Tepic, and Acapulco are pretty far south. Right. Mexico City, Puebla in the middle, and you guys all, all the way north. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. So that's. We firmly believe that that's all been spirit led and, and and everything. But now that Mandy and I are here, um, we've the first time that we did ministry. I mean, Mandy has been around this ministry her whole life, but first time that we were in ministry was at a church in in the Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. And, and we grew, we learned, we absorbed everything that we could. And in that time, God was putting this uh, vision or, or dream in us to be part of the cultural sh- shift in Mexico yeah. of, of how church is done, how how we think and look at, at churches in Mexico. and um, it, not, not that they're doing things the wrong way or anything like that, but uh, we just felt that God had placed us in, these, in this location to learn and grow and, and maybe bring some of that uh, here. And, um, and so now what we're kind of looking forward to is how to develop... Um, Networks in the places where we're already um, established. So uh, here in Piedras Negras, Tepic, Acapulco, and Cancun, uh, and, and in Puebla, kind of reproduce networks. And it's it's happening. Like Mandy mm-hmm. was saying, in Tepic, we have two other uh, churches that been, have been planted through the Tepic uh, network. And so we're kind of. I mean, I'm really excited about this mm-hmm. to uh, this vision and and dream to kind of just reproduce churches that reproduce and, yeah. and, and keep that cycle going yeah. so walk us through unpack a little unpack a little more your, your journey I mean like mm-hmm. you guys you both grew up around here you, mm-hmm. you both are dual, dual citizens Mexico and America but so but then you move and do something totally different with your life and and then so walk us through Nashville and Chicago the whole, the whole thing <laughs> yeah so uh, I don't miss the point where you play in a Mexican band that plays in bars <laughs> that's my favorite part <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> well, you're going to get me excommunicated. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I grew up, we both grew up, uh, we were both born here in Piedras Negras, uh, right here, uh, just a couple miles from where we are now. And, um, but we grew up in Eagle Pass. Mandy mm-hmm. had a chance to live here in Piedras and do a lot more, a lot more things here in Piedras, but I, I kind of just spent my whole life in Eagle Pass. And I actually grew up at the Colegio Biblico, like that was... Which is a Bible college right across the border from right, you guys. Right, right, exactly. And, um, you, many people that are involved with you guys and whoever else have come through in right. that college. Yeah. My father-in-law um, uh, taught at that, at that uh, awesome. college, and my parents served there for about 25 years. Um, through my um, uh, adolescence, is that the right yeah. term? Mm-hmm. Adolescence. Um, I, I kind of I just walked away. I walked away from 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 church, from God. Um, it wasn't this huge like rebellious uh, move, um, but but it wasn't interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I I didn't know what a relationship with Jesus meant, uh, and so I just kind of went my own way. Um, still respected my parents, still all of those things, right? But I was far from from God. And, um, in 2008 is when I found my way back to God. Cool. Uh, February 15th, 2008, <laughs> uh, got baptized, and uh, from that moment, um, I've been just trying to serve the Lord 
however, wherever, um, immediately left for Mexico. There was always this call to go back to Mexico. So this happened when I was in Nashville. Nice. I skipped through the, specifically skipped through that part. <laughs> um, so after I graduated from high school here in, in Eagle Pass, I, I went to Nashville. Um, just following my family, my family started migrating. My sister and my brother uh, both uh, went to Lipscomb University yeah, sure. in, in Nashville. And, um, you know, my parents, after being here for so many years, they kind of tr- wanted something different. They followed them. And uh, so I went up to Nashville and, you know, was working. And um, what were some- we doing there? Somehow, <laughs> somehow we ended up <laughs> having a cover band. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> Um, and so we, we, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, we were out um, playing gigs at bars and it. restaurants, and uh, you know it was it was it was fun. It was with my family. Yeah. It was all that, but it was definitely not. I mean, it wasn't fulfilling. Like I, I was far from far from. What was your family band's best cover song? Best cover song? Oh man. Um, I think it's Fools in Prison Blues. <laughs> nice. I just want ten, 10 minutes of this to be about what, what <laughs> no. songs. All right, continue. Okay, so. Yeah. Um, uh, wow. Um, so, so yeah, so I, uh, you know, God had me in this path, and um, it, it, it just came to the point where I, could, I, I couldn't go without accepting Jesus as my Savior and, and kind of giving not kind of but giving my life yeah and and everything the good the bad the ugly and just laying it out there and and and, and realizing that god accept accepted me accepts me yep. accepts us just how we are um and so uh it's been a it's been a um a yes journey uh from then that that point on where that has led me to serve in ministries in Mexico City at children's home as well um, and um, and in like summer camps in Mexico I was in Nashville all this time and for some reason I kept coming back to Mexico to serve um, with churches and, and, and uh, communities and things like that and um, fast forward three years or so and uh, I meet Mandy what's interesting is that Mandy and I met um, in 2011, and somehow, well, we her, knew each other. Her, you the same her, high school, right? Like we we knew each other growing up, yeah. and I always knew who he was. We went to the same high school and graduated. Did you think he was cute? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, so her her siblings and my siblings are like at exactly the same age nice. as well, and they We're interacted. Friends. But we we didn't know. We, well, it's because like, you know he was not in the church, so uh, right? You know, I was. You were happy with that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as I was break dancing and breaking all the rules, uh, Mandy was at church. And, I love the break dancing. That's where we draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, we met we met in 2011. Um, we met at a my cousin's wedding nice. Mandy's best friend's wedding and uh, well a good friend <laughs> and um, I, I went home that night I told my mom mom get ready because there's going to be a wedding soon oh, and he knew uh, he says he knew <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and we just kind of continued I, I moved from Nashville to, to Texas so that we, I could you know 
keep courting Mandy. And, um, <laughs> the the plan was to move to to San Antonio so yeah. that we can kind of you know start this relationship and all that. Uh, I knew I knew that we were going to get married. Uh, God at that moment God had other plans. He he <laughs> sent me to work uh, in the middle of Texas uh, in the in the oil field industry. Wow. Uh, worked there for about 10 months, paid off all of my debt, everything completely paid off. And as soon as I paid off my last, the last check I sent, just a couple of days later, I get a call from somebody looking for a worship pastor in Chicago, Illinois, in the Chicagoland area. <laughs> and uh, so there I go with a yes, right? Wow. Like, um, and I remember getting off the phone with, with uh, the pastor calling Mandy and we were we were dating we weren't we weren't uh, engaged or anything like that and I remember Mandy saying well if God is calling you and he's opening this door go through it and so nice. shout uh, out to that church in Chicago that yeah. both my wife and I and Eli and Mandy worked at at different yeah. times but, right but, right yeah. <laughs> and so it was it was uh, it, 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 it was part of that you know yes journey that that, that I kind of uh, even though sometimes it's hard, right, and, and you think about it or overthink about yeah. it, um, it, we we feel like following God is, is simple. It's not always easy. It, it, in fact, it's hardly ever easy, right. but it's simple, right? Yeah. It's and and so we we said yes. I, I went to Chicago. Um, the very last paycheck that I got was enough so I could buy a. a, a engagement ring for, nice. for Mandy and um, we got engaged a year later she moved up to Chicago as well and we served there for about three years and then um, finally God brought us back to, to Piedras. So kind of crazy I mean, yes. your parents are heading towards retirement they're looking for the field directors to replace them uh-huh. and, and they call you I'm like well, what's that like coming home and coming into the ministry you grew up around and in and you know, even now I still feel that people might see me like little Mandy running around, <laughs> right? Because that was me. I was I was little and I was the youngest of my siblings. And for whatever reason, you always think that we always thought my brother would be the one oh, wow. who, who would stay. But the, the retirement process, it was slow. And my parents through the board. I will say this. I think my dad is very wise in his decision making. And the board would, you know, represent them and say, okay, guys, your parents are going to retire. We need to start praying about, you know, what's next. And that's how we found out, you know, they're going to retire in five, six years. So let's start praying about this. And and so we just started praying. I, I, I think we were, we were good in Chicago. Like Mm -hmm. it was a great church and a great staff, a great team. We, um, you know, we were both like it was a good time. It was good for us to be there and learn. But this, we both knew it wasn't where we were going to be long term. Yeah. We always knew that. Yeah. We um, and God just started showing us that it was time and that it was us yeah. that we were the ones that needed to come back. And and doors started closing, or you know, in Chicago that right. we we never had financial issues until until we were struggling with this decision to come wow yeah um and i mean we're we consider ourselves like very frugal and we you know manage or or try to manage money went through the whole you know seven baby steps with dave ramsey and got out of debt 
for the yeah. second time. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> but one thing I did, I did want to add is um, at the the last year that we were in Chicago, um, the, the church where we were serving started a leadership training center yeah. where uh, they, it was all about church planting. And um, the director of that ministry, uh, they he kept insisting, Eli, you need to go through this thing. You need to go through this thing. It's like a 10-month program. And um, I was like, no, I, I don't. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I like to lead worship. I like to, the music. I have no intention of ever planting a church or anything like that. And he insisted, um, like three weeks like insisting and insisting mm -hmm. and um you know finally we we talked about it and you know it, it was this lead with a yes right and yeah, and right. so we we said all right i guess i mean if if, <laughs> if this is something that that you know might help in the future let's let's go for it and and, and the very the very first uh day that we were um in the in the uh, in the training um they ask us, right, like, why, why are you here? Why are you here? And uh, I'm surrounded by all these church planters with their five-year plans. And, like, they're ready, right? They're ready. They're, they're coming from, you know, seminary and Bible colleges. And, like, they, they know what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm just here because Patrick kept bugging me to, <laughs> to join. Um, and so they said, just take, take, you know, three, five minutes and just kind of really think about this question and, and, and write it down. And, you know, after a while, I just kind of, like, thought about it, and I, and I started writing. And I said, I, I want to be part of the uh, change in, in the way we do church. Cool. For some reason, that came into my heart, and I wrote that down. But this is the crazy part of it. I added in Mexico. Nice. Had never thought about Mexico. <laughs> we had no idea... <laughs> Um, that we would ever con even consider coming to Mexico. Uh, and I wrote that down, and I remember that's it's weird. But, you know, went back home, shared with Mandy, and we just kind of, like, you know, didn't think th think a lot about it. Mm -hmm. But a couple weeks later, maybe a month later, we get reached by the board of directors wow. of the ministry and saying, you know, uh, your in-laws are, are, are going to, are thinking about retiring. Would you guys consider praying about maybe coming down and, and doing this in fact our interview was in a church in orland park that's right yeah. <laughs> our really? interview yeah. with the board of directors yes, yeah that's true. they all flew out and that was like a spot wow but let me affirm like yeah. i mean it's just so cool to watch all the doors open and god speak yeah. and all that kind of stuff and you guys are obviously meant God had such a plan for your lives, yeah. and you guys—you guys are such a force to be reckoned with together. <laughs> and I mean, which it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, love you guys. Um, so, so tell us about churches in Mexico. Um, what are some of the important attributes of a community here? Like, what are the big things that all those churches in Mexico probably share in, in their communities? I mean, a big a big aspect of of, of culture is is family. Good. Um, it's it's a really tight knit culture. Um, the the last night we were at dinner and we asked you know the, we asked the host to say you know where do, you, where do you guys go from here on vacation and stuff and they're like well you go to where you grew up where your family is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah that you makes go, sense yeah you go visit family <laughs> yeah it's 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 exactly it's not like oh yeah well we go to the beach or right. we go somewhere <laughs> right. like, we go to this little desert area where our family is and it's awesome yeah and it's awesome and it's it, and it is 
it, we love that, right? We love that because it means that there's that there's closeness, there's togetherness, there's food, <laughs> there's right. lots of good food uh, as well. Um, that's true for most Mexicans. Mm-hmm. It like culture, that type of culture where family, it might even be a little like invasive sometimes or intrusive, <laughs> right? To have such close closeness. Um, and what we want, what we want to help people is, is tie that, marry that with a relationship with Jesus. Love it. So that so that family members are that close to each other, but are that close to Jesus as well. Because because like I said, it's true for every Mexican, whether they're Christ followers or, or atheists, they have a close relationship with families, uh, with their their families. But we want to make sure that that goes a step further because relationship with family is great and all but if if we don't have christ we're lost we're completely lost and so we want to marry those those two things where it's where it's an upward relationship as well as a as a horizontal uh, relationship as well Mm um i don't know if that was up (laughs) right on the topic of the question um so in our previous podcast, we actually talked to Pastor Tim Harlow about the changes in the global church. Um, it's estimated now that two-thirds of the Christians in the entire world live in the global south, or the, the southern hemisphere, and the major population centers are in Latin America, Asia, and, and Africa. Um, I think this conversation is really cool now because we are sitting in Central America, or Latin America. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on the relationship between the churches in the global north and the global south. So when considering this new world landscape, would you talk about what you see as the responsibility of the churches of the global north and the churches of the global south? How do we work together? How do we partner? And what does each one have to offer the other one? You know, a phrase we use here is you, you do the best with what you have available. And, and so I see it a lot in churches in Mexico where it's kind of like frustrating, right? Like we could do better. We could do better, but you also have to step back and realize the culture is different. Um, maybe the resources are very different. And sometimes it's tough for me to see it. And I, f- I feel like there's a higher expectation from like our North American friends like mm-hmm. for how to do church. And, and I think that's an important thing for people to remember is that Mexico, whether we want to admit it or not, we're still behind. Like in the way we do culture, in the way we do church, we're behind the times. Like 15 years, you know, like we'll still still do a two and a half, three hour service. <laughs> you know, like that's still very common. Um, and we go back to, you know, like family is important, being connected, taking the time to see how everyone is in your congregation, how, you know, like that's important to a lot of people, especially the further south you go. Um, <clears throat> but that... I think it's good to keep that in mind. Sometimes it can be frustrating with some of our churches to see, like, why do they still do that? But we we still do it because it's important culturally. And um, there's a lot we can learn. And and just having resources available and say, hey, how can we help you? Like, we'll make all the difference. And and maybe, like, here's an idea because we're open to learning and we're opening we're open to changing things i don't think anybody really wants to be in a three-hour service right? <laughs> i don't know i don't know yeah like some people 
enjoy it. But, it, you know, it's hard when it's something different and you're not used to it. Sure. But I think that's something that I, w- I would say. Like, just remember that we're still doing things differently. It's, I think people will do the best they can with what they have available. And just trust the process and trust that God is actively working in these communities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I think about, like, the body of Christ, I think yeah. about, you know, each part of the body doing different you know absolutely functions right yes. the, the, the foot different than the hand and you know always Christ being the head of, 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 of the body as, as well as the church and um, you know I when I think about this like this question I think I, I think a lot about prayer yeah. like as much as as much as um, we we love hearing like I love getting the notes right like we're praying for you guys we're yeah. praying and and they always seem to come right when we're going through the hardest times, Good. right? Um, and and that's something that we also think a lot for our partners. Like we pray for our partners constantly. Um, and so it's I, I think that that's obviously we love um, and, and we use you know the resources that that people send and we try to do the best yeah. the best job we can with the resources. Good, be good stewards of of what is uh, given to us, but. Um, Man, when I when I when I think about what we can do for you guys is pray, pray, because um, we we trust that God is our provider, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's it's not it's not this one church or this other church. God is using that church, absolutely, but our provider is the Lord, and, and, and if we just pray for each other, uh, we can. I think we can grow a lot, um, both spiritually and and. and be renewed and transformed and learn and grow and uh, go through the tough times uh, if we're praying for each other uh, yeah I don't know if I love that I love that <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> last question is wrap up um, you guys have really led a life on mission and one that's taken you over multiple countries and all kinds of places mm-hmm. and strangely brought you back to where you started <laughs> um, what would you tell someone who is looking for where God's leading them to serve, or what mm. their next chapter is? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I have no idea, like how I ended up here, <laughs> and <clears throat> my dad, being a missionary and being someone who went to a Bible school didn't want us to go to a Bible school. Mm-hmm. He, he wanted us to go to university and get a secular a real degree. degree. <laughs> yeah, right, like get a real job. And um, I did have a real job. Mm-hmm. I worked at the University of Texas for over 10 years, mm-hmm. and um, somehow I'm still here. And that somehow is because it was God's will for my life. So <clears throat> ultimately, the only thing I had to do was pray and say yes, answer the call. And, mm-hmm. and there's no doubt in you when you hear God calling you. And, um, well, take that back. There is doubt. You know, <laughs> like it's scary. And you yeah. think like, is this really what you want from me, God? Right. Is this what you want? And, but, but trust him. And trust your prayers and trust the answers to your prayers and trust the Holy Spirit speaking yes. in you. Um, 
but that means you have to pray a whole lot that means you have to have a relationship with jesus but like i said like yeah as much as i would i would have loved for me to have planned this out like that wasn't the case mm. this was all god all god for me yeah I'm, yeah um so i'm gonna do a little bit of history Go for it. uh so the the ministry where we're at right now um it's a school now it right now it's a school yeah but it, it was a it was an orphanage it was an open meal program it was a medical clinic for many years uh and so uh right now it's a school and the school is named colegio antonio medina gauna yeah. so um you know education center antonio medina gauna this this man uh grew up in a very affluent and wealthy family um, they had everything. They had a big shoe factory in Mexico, one of the biggest shoe factories in Mexico. Had everything, had everything. Um, brothers are uh, military, like, you know, sergeants and like the highest ranking. Um, so in these Mexican families, you always had to have like a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, you know, someone in the military huh. and, 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 a, and also a priest. Right, <laughs> right, right. And so he was the priest of the family. Uh, they sent him to, to, to study uh, in, in seminary for, for, for <laughs> went out to Europe, uh, studied overseas. And, you know, as the more the more he read the Bible was totally contradicting what they what he was being taught hmm. right the re, re, religious the religious side of right. of being a christian <laughs> or or, or uh, catholicism or what what have you and so he he said i don't i don't think that's right i think i'm going to follow what the actual what the bible says uh and so he he tells his parents that he wants to not do that anymore he gets disowned wow um and he leaves everything to go to this little town in zacatecas mexico hmm. he started just evangel evangelizing people in this little town this little village this little village had uh high the highest education was fourth grade level hmm. and it was like all mixed in right like a bunch of kids different ages but the highest was fourth grade level and so he started a a uh, a, uh, um, a student housing program where he would he would ask families, "Hey, I'll take your kids over to this other town." Boys. Boys. Yeah. They'll live there for for the week. They'll get an education. We'll bring them up back for the weekend, and you know they can be with the family and go to church and everything. Um, and so he would do this. He would do this for for many years for a lot of a lot of children, uh, a lot of boys and. Um, my father-in-law was one of those boys. Oh, was nice. one of those boys. Um, and and his his legacy, um, it, it so many pastors, so many pastors in Mexico, so many people, uh, like thousands and thousands of lives touched because of this one man's yeah. faithfulness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I forward fast forward to my father-in-law. You know. This this church that had originally said, "Hey, we'll help you with this with this vision that you have to go to this little place outside of Mexico, uh, outside of Piedras Negras," they said, "You know what? We're not we're not going to support you anymore. Nothing's ever going to happen over there. We're stopping the ministry. Wow. We don't want to. We don't want you to to keep going. We're not going to give you the twenty pesos that we give you a, a week to go over there and evangelize." And um, they 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 stopped the the funding 
they keep coming, right? They keep coming. This is all desert. This is all desert. Um, we don't, we don't, um, they, they, they kept at it. They kept at it. They kept at it. And, you know, we heard the story of, of uh, Mr. Jackson coming over and the very first mission trip started uh, here and, and, and how all that started. But I go back, it's God's, God's faithfulness to a faithful man. Yeah. So my, if you were, would to have asked uh, Antonio Medina 60 years ago, you know, what do you think your impact would be? Like all he was thinking about was being faithful to what God was calling him at that moment yeah to go to this little town and evangelize right and look what he did and, and, and then the same thing with my father-in-law if you would have asked him 30 years ago right like you you look around you know other places around here and it's it's desert it's desert and um you know if you would have asked him he's like well i don't know i just i just kind of want to you know help the people around this little neighborhood and and, and kind of you know evangel- and evangelize them and baptize and all that stuff and now it's a it's a flourishing school with over 500 students, right? Yeah. And, uh, that that to us represents 500 families that have a potential to changing their family tree. Absolutely. Not not just like it, because they're getting an education, but because they're receiving God's word. It won't come back empty-handed. <laughs> God's word. And so we 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 firmly believe that it, it's a Christian school for non-Christian people. Yeah. Like, it's not a Christian academy. It's not like, you know, we're going to teach you how to be Christian. No, we're presenting the gospel to a lot of families. About 85% of them are not Christian, are not, you know, are, are nothing, really. Like, whether they're, they're Catholic, you know, whatever uh, other maybe religion or atheist or agnostic, they don't know anything about. They're hearing about Jesus for the first time. Um, and so... I think about this man, I think about my father-in-law, I think about us, like, and to answer your question, how to help somebody guide through that, like, uh, be in contact with God, yeah. be in contact with God, uh, listen to, surround yourself with people that are in that same mind frame that are trying to uh, do God's will, okay. align yourself to God's will. <clears throat> It, it's not your dream. It's not my dream. It's 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 God's dream, and and we can be instruments in that in that you know in God's dream to 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 help restore to help you know whatever the mission of whatever ministry or church could be. But it's God's dream. We can just serve and be part of that part of that dream. And so um, when I think about Antonio Medina, my father-in-law, I think they were just aligning themselves. To God's vision, without they didn't understand the vision, they didn't understand what was going to happen, or or see this ministry. Uh, I think about like John the Baptist when he was in in his prison cell, and yeah. you know he sends some of his disciples like, "Hey, go ask Jesus. Is he the one? Is he the one that we're waiting for?" And Jesus returns the message, and he doesn't answer him the question. <laughs> like like John didn't see this glorious triumphant thing yeah right like we'll all see it when we're in when we're in heaven but he didn't see it while he was here uh, moses didn't see the promise <laughs> the promised land and, um and I, I think about like antonio Mina, he has he had no idea that we would be sitting here in his school the school that was you know named after him uh for the impact that he's had uh thousands of lives that he's that he's touched because of that 
faithfulness, aligning himself to God's vision. I think as humans, we tend to dream very small, and God has this God-sized dream, yeah, right? right. Um, and so if we align ourselves to his will, he will make it happen. He will make it have fruit. And then and then all we could do is give glory to God because <laughs> we didn't do anything. Like, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um, but we, we're here. You show we're, up every day. <laughs> yeah, you show up and you, and you, and you just, you know. Um, I also think about, you know, you might hear somebody say, or, or even us, like, you know, we felt like God was calling us to this thing. It wasn't like this audible thing that God was saying, hey, Lee, Mandy, you need to come to Mexico. Like, it was, it was, it, it, it was us being sensitive to God's word through prayer, through scripture, and through circumstances, conversations with others that were, uh, that helped us make that transition uh, to come here. And so, um, yeah. Pray, be in contact with God, listen um, to his scripture, listen to people that are around you, um, share, share your, 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 your vision or what you think God is calling you to do, because uh, you can get confirmation that way. You know, you can get confirmation uh, from mentors, pastors, people in your small group, your, uh, you know, somebody that's, that's uh, mentoring you or something like that, you'll, you'll get confirmation that way as well. That was awesome. Thank <laughs> you, guys. All right, Eli and Mandy, we want to thank you for sharing your hearts today and your, and your passion for churches in Mexico, mm-hmm. which we're so honored to be partnering with you guys. Um, we want our listeners to know that they can check the show notes to find more information about Vida Nueva. Mm-hmm. We have all your social media and all that kind of stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Also on the notes will be links for most of the information on each of our global partners and the ways you can be connected to them. So thank you guys so much. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.